Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibble, known to my friends as Marv. And this time I am talking with Xander, what's she, Xander Z. And Xander Z. Xander Z. It's, uh, it sounds like the sort of character that, that Vin Diesel would play in a film, maybe. <laughs> and uh, Jenna Stone from Xander and Stone's podcast. How are you both? Good. Yeah, we're doing great. We're doing great. We're covering all the time zones like we were chatting about. Um, I'm in Asia, where it's uh, going on for 10.15 p.m. And Stone, where are you? Uh, Arizona, where it is going on 7.16 a.m. And I'm in Nottinghamshire in England, where it is 2.16 p.m. Nice. So we've got breakfast, lunch, and supper. We've got all the time zones represented here. <laughs> we have. We're, we've all just finished eating. Yeah, I had a good chicken burger. I had a good chicken burger. Yes, I had a nice uh, veggie-friendly sandwich. Good on you. What did you have for breakfast, Stone? <laughs> Shot of vodka. <laughs> As it should be. If, if, if we're all being honest, I woke up, you know, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so no food yet. No food yet. You, you haven't sent somebody to go and make the food for you then? No, there's no, there's no one. There's no one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that must be really boring, especially with the lockdowns and um, all the tier systems going on. So, yeah. Oh, I have two full-time jobs and a podcast, so I rarely get bored. <laughs> I miss bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how did you both meet in the first place? You know, because you're from different time zones, and that's just interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Stone, do you want to take this or am I going to tell the story? Or are we going to share the story? Should I do a bit and then hand it over to you? Yes, you tell it wrong and then I'll correct you. Okay, great. All right. So um, <laughs> so we'd, we'd both just been recruited by NASA. And no, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> facts. Uh, no, so I, um, prior to going into full-time podcast and producing, um, I worked in education recruitment. And uh, Stone just said she has two jobs, and she is a fantastic educator and a wonderful teacher. Oh, and uh, we, had, we had booked a time to have a consultation call about Stone applying for teaching positions in China. Uh, so uh, this is this is where this is where Stone will tell you that she was about to stand me up for the call because she had done a couple of interviews that day already, um, and was going to just and was going to just brush me off, um, but at the last minute decided okay I'll hop into this one last call. Um, so we had the consultation call and you know we were just talking about teaching in China and what it's like and you know my experience of working here in China, and we kind of just really hit it off really really well. And what was usually what is usually kept down to around like a twenty minute professional consultation call talking about visa policies and how to go about, you know, applying for jobs and which jobs we have on our books that you might be interested in turned into about a 40, 45 minutes to an hour um, of us giggling and telling jokes and all sorts of things. So we kind of had this immediate chemistry and kind of hit it off from the very first phone call that we'd ever had. Um, so eventually what happened is that Stone got a, a teaching position and um, this is by no means by my design, but it just happened to be in the same city that I live in. Um, what a coincidence. Uh, so Stone got a, a, a teaching position at an international school um, teaching drama. Uh, and of course, you know, came and lived in the same city. And we kind of just, you know, maintained and stayed in contact through the process until Stone arrived. And then we hung out a couple of times while you were here. Unfortunately, not enough because you had arrived in 
what was it, uh, September of 2019. And then by December, was it December or, or January when you went to the Philippines for a holiday? Uh, January for winter break. Yeah. So for the winter break holiday, Stone went to uh, the Philippines um, in January. And that was when all this COVID nonsense started happening. And unfortunately, China, of course, closed their borders, which meant that Stone was stuck in the Philippines. Um, now I feel like I'm telling your story, Stone. Um, but Stone was <laughs> stuck in the Philippines. Um, and during that time, while I was in lockdown in China, and Stone was really having a hard time being locked down on a tropical island in the Philippines. <laughs> How awful for you. Um, <laughs> no uh, idea. We, we, we decided that we were going to start a podcast. Um, obviously, with the idea that, you know, this whole COVID thing is going to blow over in a, a week or two and everybody can come back and we'll continue doing the podcast. And then one month turned into two months, two months turned into six months. Um, eventually, Stone went back to the States and I've obviously remained here in China. And we started uh, doing the Xander and Stone podcast. Did I tell that story right? I feel like I told I, that story right. You know, it's 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 less... Um... It's it's less rom com than I would have done it, but yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> no, no, that was good. That was very impressive. Well Thanks. done. Thank you. Really you good. left out the month I had to go to South Korea for visa issues. So oh, there was yes. also that. Yes, there was also the South Korea trip. Yes. Yes. So so but we we, we have had a few times actually. And, yeah. and, and not as much as we'd like to have. Not you know? not no, of course not. Mm. But, but I'm going to drag you here to America, so it's all good. Yeah. Okay. So um, how did the subject of the show come about then? How did you decide to actually do a show about uh, the paranormal and um, uh, how could I describe this? Strange sciences, shall we say? Mm, fringe sciences. Fringe science, yeah. Mm. Just, just like that really good television show. Uh, well, frankly, it was Xander's idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you say that. I'll let you. I'll let you tell the people. <laughs> Xander said, "Will you please?" And he begged and he wept for me to do this mm. uh, topic with <laughs> him. And I, I had enough uh, strange experiences that had happened to me that I, I've always been very intrigued with this topic anyway. So it was a good topic for me too. So I think uh, what it comes down to as well is that we both kind of already had an interest in the paranormal um, and like just like kind of supernatural and, you know, exactly like Stone says, she's had a lot of unusual experiences in her life. And obviously we've exchanged these types of anecdotes and things through messaging and just chatting with each other. Um, and I think just just based on the like um, the the rapport that we get going and kind of, you know, the fun that we have when we're talking about these things. I'm sure at some point there must have been one of us when we who said something like, oh my God, we should totally start a podcast. Like we should, we should be like putting this on the air type of thing. Just, you know, our, our regular kind of funny exchanges. Um, so I think the, like the origin of the, this, like why we decided to do the science and the supernatural is we both kind of had an interest in the supernatural already, but being somebody who consumes an awful lot of podcasts, um, I listen to a lot of different uh, paranormal podcasts. And one of the things that I felt that a lot of them were lacking is they they lack like the alternative or the ulterior logical explanation as to what might what it might be. Um, so there's a lot of you know paranormal podcasts out there that talk about ghosts, but very few of them offer you kind of the scientific rationale behind 
well, it might not be a ghost. It could be like, you know, a faulty gas line in your basement or something like that. Or you, your house might have black mold and you're actually hallucinating or, or something like that. Um, and I think we kind of decided that we we're going to bring it from that angle because it wasn't, it was kind of niche. It's not something that a lot of other podcasters or a lot of paranormal, uh, paranormal podcasters do. Um, and it was just something that, you know, it, it gave, it gave both of us uh, kind of like a focus on something that we can go back, we can go out, we can go and research and then arrive at an episode with our, with our findings from our research. And I, that, that is one thing that we don't do is we don't tell each other. We obviously know what the topic is that we're going to be talking about that day, but we don't go into too much detail about the, the things that we're going to cover in today's episode with each other. So when Stone is telling me about the science, I'm hearing about those, her findings and her research for the first time while we're recording. And then the same thing is, you know, she's hearing about the, the things that I've rummaged up online um, that I researched for the episode as well. What gets challenging is when you're on like take number three of an episode, if you've messed up the first two or, you know, you think you can do better and you're doing another take is to try and act surprised and try and act like you're hearing it for the first time, even though you've heard it for like four times now. Um, but yeah, that, that's how we, that's how we roll. Yeah. It's interesting because you'll take the subject and you're basically doing a deep dive into it and what could actually be feasible scientific reasons for these things. A bit like when you did the, uh, when you yourself Santa did the, did the solo show about the, uh, un unfortunately named, uh, Yo Yo Johannes Kuntius, you were going into all sorts of things such as even the suggestion that perhaps the guy was actually in a coma and that was a that was sort of a realistic way of looking at mm. the the situation and the the circumstances and all the information that you got yeah look i think it's it's again it's, uh, stone usually does most of the scientific research and the scientific background um i think when it comes to when it comes to who's got the more challenging job when it comes to the paranormal and the supernatural content that we would that we do, I would definitely say that the more challenging of of our two roles would be Stone's role because there are some paranormal topics that just do not have a scientific explanation because they're so based on folklore or based on mythology or something like that. Um, so, for example, we recently did an episode on mermaids, and you would be surprised. You would think, okay, mermaids—it's all just folklore. They come from the Greek folklore. Um, you know, they they're mythical creatures that they're, they're just not real. And then Stone will come and just present you with some scientific findings that she's got where by the end of the episode, I was like, my God, it's quite possible mermaids could actually be a real thing. Like there, there is actually scientific basis for how they, they call them the aquatic ape, by the way, if anybody's wondering. Um, but there, there, there is a scientific basis for how we could have things like mermaids on the planet. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it, offers, it offers a different perspective. Um, it offers, I think, a more rational perspective to, uh, you know, like the paranormal and the supernatural. But also one of the things that I enjoy about it is that when you look at mythology and you look at folklore, there is often a seed of truth in there somewhere. Um, so, you know, again, another example, again, is, uh, you know, either the, the sleep paralysis or uh, mermaids or things like that, where there are so many cultures around the world that have the have those beings as part of their mythology or as part of their folklore or as part of their belief system that these you know over civilizations that have never really had much contact with each other in history you know not talking about recent times their mythology and folklore obviously goes very far back in time but they've got such similarities in their folklore like mermaids that you've got to think okay if so many different cultures have this in their mythology and their folklore 
surely there must be a seed of truth in there somewhere. Well, yes, yeah, you're you're making me into a believer. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so, I love the way that you what you were saying was that when you do your research, you don't let each other know before the show what you've actually got, for the most part because then that makes it more of a conversational show, which is more interesting to the listener because, yes, okay, you do um, re-record occasionally if you, you mess up, but on the occasions when you're not, it's a natural reaction like you would have in a conversation. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things that we, we seem to get a lot of compliments on. Um, in fact, it was somebody who was uh, who was chatting with me on social media just the other day um, said that with a lot of podcasts that have co-hosts, um, people either have a preference for one co-host or the other co-host, and or they, you know, they feel that they they prefer one co-host over another. And this person actually said, like, you know, based on all the reviews that we can see online on things like iTunes and Apple and you know Spotify and all of those, um, there is no preference between Stone or I. They what they love is the chemistry that we have when we're talking on the mics together, and that kind of ease of rapport and ease of conversation that we have. Um, so I think, you know, if anything, that is our biggest selling point as a podcast is the fact that we kind of bounce off each other and we we can joke with each other and we make each other laugh and we keep each other engaged during the podcast. Sometimes, and you know, this is this is this is where it comes down to the challenge of editing, is sometimes the the tangents go on for a really long time, or sometimes <laughs> the jokes get a little bit too wild. Um, and then, you know, I'll be messaging, we'll be messaging backwards and forwards saying, okay, remember I said that thing, cut that thing out. We can't put that thing on the podcast. <laughs> or remember I said that, that might offend people. Just take that bit out. Um, so we, we do often have to whittle it down, but we have a load of fun in the process doing it. So, you know, if anything, we're, we're, we're having a great time. I, I've limited to Xander to only insulting or offending five different groups or episodes. So, so. Yeah. Which, which five are you good with this time? <laughs> so what sort of research do you both do for the shows? Stone, you're going to take this one for us. I research the science, you research the supernatural. Mm -hmm. um, and and we, we scour the internet mostly, I think. Yeah. And... Uh, and occasionally, we've, we had uh, one episode where we did listener stories as well, which was really yeah. fun to do. And I think, you know, again, it just comes back to us both kind of having an interest in the, the topic that we're talking about. Um, you know, like we, we recently, like I, I recently watched a, a documentary on um, the UFO phenomenon called, it's a new documentary called Phenomenon, actually. And Stone, you were watching um, this, the Dr. Stephen Greer disclosure um, uh, documentaries recently, and yes, we kind yes. of, you know, we kind of had a bit of a, a, a back and forth about that and talking about UFOs and disclosure and you know aliens being on the planet and things like that. Um, so a lot of the time, we come with like just the bare findings or the bare research that we've got, like the facts and the information that we've got, the numbers and you know the statistics and general information. Um, but a lot of the time it's also based on like just things that we know from content that we've consumed from other places before. And then if you, when you do get there, Marv, when you do get sort of further into the, the episodes, especially about the orbs and ball lightning and shadow people, you're going to find that stone has had a lot of experiences. Um, and we can obviously draw on those experiences for the, the show as well. So it's not just necessarily facts that we found on the internet, but it's, uh, you know, content that we've consumed, information that we've had because we've both been interested in the topic for a very long time. And then often just drawing from personal experience and, and uh, you know, things that have happened to us in life or things that we've experienced in life that we can bring to the show as well. 
Wow, I'm looking forward to those episodes. Mm. Wow. So what I meant by the research is what resources do you use to actually research ready for the shows? When you've decided on a subject that you're going to discuss, what do you do then to research before the show? Well, from, from my side, researching for the paranormal, you know, there's an awful lot of paranormal content out there. And it's one of the things that surprised me about podcast hosting platforms is that you get to select the category that your podcast goes into. And with the, the sheer number of paranormal podcasts that there are available out there, none of the podcast platforms like Spotify or Apple have yet to create a category for the paranormal. Okay. Um, so you end up finding a weird category like science fiction or spirituality or like health and lifestyle or whatever it might be. Um, but with the, within the amount of paranormal content that there is out there, the approach that I try to take is to find something that either hasn't been presented before or you know, maybe just some information from a different perspective. One of the things I like to do is I like to try and find the, 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 the different information from different cultures from around the world. So let's take an example like, um, like, like let's, let's take the sleep paralysis episode that you listened to as an example. Now, there's a lot of information about sleep paralysis in like psychology journals and on things like Reddit and Wikipedia and all of those places. So there's a lot of information about like the Western world's view of sleep paralysis. And we know that in like kind of Western, um, like, like Western paranormal circles, they might refer to it as the old hag um, or like a sleep demon. But there are also different demons and, and different cultures that, or sorry, different cultures that represent the sleep paralysis demon in different ways. So like how the Middle Eastern cultures look at it, how the Southeast Asian cultures look at it. Um, one of my favorite ones actually, um, and this is something that Stone and I have joked about repeatedly, is the 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 I think it was called the the Pash the Pashmir, and that was the sleep paralysis demon that also functions as a housework demon, and it'll only torment you in your sleep if you don't keep your house clean. So if you're not pious and and godly and you know um, and you know following your religion and sticking to the rules of your religion, and if you're not cleaning your house on a regular basis, you're probably going to be terrorized by this demon in your sleep, and it lives in your house. And it kind of keeps an eye on you and whether or not you're doing your housework. And that's one of the, the Middle Eastern demons that, or one of the Middle Eastern ways that they explain the sleep paralysis demon. Um, so there, there are these different like um, cultural anthropological perspectives from around the world about the different paranormal events or, you know, different, uh, you know, paranormal entities and things like that. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I try to take. There aren't, of course, always examples of these things. Um, not every single culture is going to have a, an explanation for a, you know, sleep paralysis. Um, but we, we I, I do try and approach it from that type of a perspective. And for me, because science is sometimes limited, the definition of science sometimes gets stretched a bit. So it'll 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 go into parapsychology and um, well, and actually get the one we we just recorded for the Kraken. Uh, National Geographic was heavily used, um, live science, NASA. So it just depends on which branch of science uh, even has anything available for the topic. Yeah. And I mean, come on, if it's on National Geographic, that is hard science right there. I mean, it's right. National Geographic. Fair. That is hard science. <laughs> Animal Planet. Um... Hard science. Hard science. If it's on Animal the Discovery Planet Channel, was, it's science. The, 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 the <laughs> was Animal Planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and in the UK, anything presented by David Attenborough? 
that that this <laughs> is that is exactly what my line of thinking was going on. I was like, if it's on, if it's if it's narrated by David Attenborough, that is some hard science right there. Like that is the <laughs> really is. That guy knows his shit. <laughs> he really does. He really does. So, what history have you both got in uh, in recording? Is this the first time, or have you had any uh, previous experience with recording? I had a radio show called Moxie, but it wasn't a podcast, but it was a radio show in the U.S. And I've been, I've worked as a, a, a and I still do freelance work as a voice artist as well. Um, I'm known to get up on a stage and sing every now and then. Um, so yeah, Amazing it's, I'm, I'm, voice. <laughs> I'm, I'm no stranger behind the mic. Um, I've done, I've worked in TV and film in South Africa as well. Um, and of course, like I said, I've done voice artistry, but this is the first podcast that we've we've done. Well, I know from conversations I've had with other people in the industry, it's like a an extension of um, radio anyway. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Just more niche. In fact, I was just reading something, um, I think just yesterday somewhere online on one of the, the podcasting kind of newsletters um, that... They're saying that radio really is dying a slow and painful death, and they're losing a lot of their revenue through advertising and things because um, big companies are now choosing to rather advertise through podcasting than they are choosing through radio. Um, and obviously, it's because things like you know the the podcast episodes stay on a feed, and anybody can go back and hear that episode multiple times. It'll be there for many many years, um, even if a podcast finishes or you know kind of they, they stop producing new episodes. People very rarely remove the the podcast from from the internet. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I bought. Welcome back, I bought the, Hello, oh, lost sorry. you there. Welcome back. <laughs> Hopefully, it's got all that you were talking about there. I, I I'm I'm not sure. We we were wondering if you had just decided, okay, screw these two. Like, I'm bailing. These two are talking about your rubbish. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I have no idea what you've just talked to for the last about two minutes while I've been trying to work out what's going on. <laughs> oh dear, it's probably the internet. Yes, always the internet. It's always the internet. Damn it. Damn the internet. <laughs> what were we talking about? And oh, we were talking about podcasting. Yeah. History, yeah, and podcasting, and now uh, yes. it's an extension of. Oh yes, because you were saying that um, they were saying that radio stations aren't doing so well because people seem to be streaming podcasts more than they do listening to the radio. Yes, and a lot of their, they're losing a lot of their advertising revenue as well. But uh, Stone, you, you made a good point before the, the, the call dropped as well. What did you say again? Oh, I was I was saying that uh, part of the reason Xander and I bonded so much on our first call is we were comparing notes about our family history and our professional history, which really was shockingly parallel, mm -hmm. including the I've also done voice work. I was also in theater in college and have done a lot of film and TV stuff. And um, the the problem with a lot of those specific markets is that you always have a committee that's deciding what you have to do, and 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 the money is usually not in your control. But with podcasting, you have this mass audience. You have a hundred percent creative control, and it's low overhead. So you're investing your energy and sweatquity into your own vision, and that is beautiful. Yeah. And and also Tim Ferriss talks about this that audio is a secondary activity, and so 
while instead of just, you know, planning yourself and being totally focused in a multitasking society, it's really great with podcasts because people can cook or exercise or walk the dog while they're listening to your show. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm planning or recording, I've kind of got it like you get that idea of who your ideal listener is. And that's the person you're kind of speaking to or the audience that you're kind of creating your episodes for. And I always picture somebody who's who's doing a hundred other things while they're listening to our podcast. So like washing the dishes and, you know, like you said, taking right. them for a walk or driving in their car or doing something else because that, and, and then one of, one of the things that I always, that I always kind of think of the ideal listeners doing, and I think this just comes from the way that I consume a lot of podcasts is, is falling asleep at night. And that would be where I listen to most of my podcasts is lying in bed at night in the dark. Um, and I think, I think a lot of podcasters must love, must love me because I leave podcasts running all through the night. So I don't know if, if the, you know, the podcasts I'm subscribed to get like great downloads every single day. It's because I'm leaving the episodes just on a loop running all the way through the night. So I'll fall asleep to one podcast and wake up to the same host in the morning about 15 episodes later though. Yeah, it's, it's not the same as you get with Netflix on the television, because if you watch too much of that, you'll have a message that pops up asking you if you're still if you're watching. still there. Are you actually <laughs> awake or falling asleep watching? You? <laughs> I always feel so judged by that message. Are you still watching? I'm like, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still watching. It. Stop judging. Yeah, okay. It's been six hours, but it's a good show. Okay. None of your business if I'm still watching. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing with your life? You're still watching this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the word still just starts to get more and more italicized. Like you're still watching this? <laughs> Would you still be there? Yeah, it's a little embarrassing after a while, especially during COVID. You start feeling very judged. Like oh, no. They need an algorithm for that, don't they? Where if, they really do. After so long, so you originally you say, yes, I'm still watching it. All over. And then if it comes back again, it uh, does it, but, in capitals are you still watching (laughs) and then when it comes up again later it's italics and bold still (laughs) and then yeah or just a message that comes up that says like take a walk go outside (laughs) phone your mum haven't you come out of lockdown yet (laughs) so how do you edit the show How how do you put it together Ah, through the sweat of through the sweat of my brow, um, and and the the blood of my beating heart, um, it, it's it, you know I I basically I I think I use the the same editing software that most people would use, all the kind of standard ones. Um, at the moment, I'm working with uh, I'm using GarageBand for like all the final editing and putting all the sound clips and the you know like the the theme tune and the the mid roll ads and the end roll ads and all of that on. Um, but it, it really is. One of the most gargantuan tasks, I think, about doing a podcast, uh, I, I think a lot of the times when, when people think, and I think, and I, I suspect this might be why podcasts fade after a few episodes. There's a thing called pod fade where people get, you know, to, I think it's like episode number seven and people, if you make it past episode seven, you're at a lower risk of pod fade. And then if you get to episode 15, you know that you've made it and from there, it's kind of smoother sailing. Um, but I think that is one of the places, or I think that's where the the podcasters start to kind of bail out is that sitting behind a microphone and and you know producing the content or chatting with your co-host or reading the research that you've done or the funny story that you've got that's actually the easiest part of podcasting it really it's is. everything else that comes either before or after that like the recording part that's the fun bit 
Um, it's the editing at the end and the promotion at the end and after you've you know edited and uploaded your your episode. That's where the real, real work starts. Um, and of, of course, you know, researching for the episode as well. That's also where the real work goes in because you've got to be prepared for the recording. Um, but the, the editing process is by far, I think, the longest process. I believe the rule of thumb is that for whatever the length of your recording is, basically multiply that number by four, and that'll be how long it takes you to edit. I, I say that with my tongue in my cheek, though, because it, it, there, there are even shorter episodes. You know, when I, when, I, when I say shorter for us, it's about 40, 50 minutes. Um, but there are shorter episodes that can sometimes take you, you know, a good four or five hours to, ep- to, to edit because, you know, you've got to either get out like um, what we call the juicy mouth sounds. So there's weird, <laughs> sound, there's weird sounds before you start speaking that your mouth t- tends to make. Or if you're stumbling over your words or done a lot of retakes or, you know, had to redo a bit. Um, or if you like today, we recorded an episode where I just could not get through the phrase tentacles wrapped around a sperm whale without giggling like a teenage <laughs> boy. Um, and I had to retake that about eight times. Those, those are the tough parts about editing because you have to listen to it. You have to cut it out. You have to go back. You have to listen again. You have to listen again. You have to listen a fourth time, a fifth time. Um, so if you've got an hour long episode, the initial just sitting down and listening to it, that's going to use an hour because you have to listen to the episode from start to finish in its raw format. Then you have to go and edit down or cut down all the, the long pieces that you want to just remove without actually doing any fine tuning of it. So you have to go through it again, and that's another hour, and you have to make sure that you cut them in all the right places. So you can add, I'd say, another 30 minutes. So your second listen is about an hour and a half. And then you go through and you listen to your now slightly reduced episode to do all the fine tuning to remove breaths or the juicy mouth sounds or, you know, just kind of rearrange a few things. Um, and the, the, again, that's, you know, you're listening to another full hour plus the time that it takes you to do those, those tasks. So in all, a single episode can take anywhere between, I'd say, four to six hours to edit from start to finish. And to me, that is one of the most difficult and challenging parts about producing a podcast is the post-production, all the things that you want to do, because you want it to be you want it to be the best possible sound quality that you can offer. You want it to sound polished and put together. Um, and so to be able to achieve that, you have to you have to put in the hours, you have to put in the work. Um, and you know, again, if you're if you're starting out as a new podcast as well, learning all the podcasting software, that's gonna take a lot of time. Um, God forbid, you know, that you, you sort of mess up in one part and you don't catch it the first time around and it affects the rest of your edit. Um, there's been times when I, when I first started out that I somehow ended up putting a, like a fade in somewhere and I wasn't sure how I'd put the fade in, but it essentially faded out the last 45 minutes of the episode. And I was like left with 20 minutes of audio and where's the rest of this hour. So I had to go back and try and find where the problem was. And of course that affected everything I'd edited after that. Um, so it, editing, I'd say, is the most gargantuan task of podcasting, from my perspective. So, is there an actual structure that you follow in your show, or is it all free form? What is Stone? Do you want to take this well, one? <laughs> you know, the the is if you've only listened to the first one, you wouldn't think that there's a structure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but uh, usually we, of course, we do our intro and then and then we begin with the science and mm-hmm. have our banter and then we move into the supernatural paranormal stories mm-hmm. with Sander and then we do our clothes. So that's that's the really nuts and bolts format. Yeah. 
Okay, and uh, you've also taken to actually having guests on the show occasionally and doing interviews. How do you sort those out, and how do you pick them, the people for those? Well, so far we've had uh, three guests on. Um, the first one is uh, an interview that we did with a, uh, or interview that I did with a, a psychic medium called Michael Gorley. Um, he's in the U.S. And interesting story about that is, okay, so now now we're going back to pre pre Xander and Stone podcast. Um, I'd initially, at the beginning of the, the quarantine and COVID lockdown, I decided that I was going to make my own podcast um, called The Xander Zone. And I had started kind of doing all the planning. I had I'd found a couple of guests that I wanted to interview, and I'd emailed this this um, this medium in, in the States called Michael Gorley, and I wanted to interview him for the podcast. And he completely agreed with, he's a really, really nice guy, I completely agreed to the interview. And that was around back in, uh, I think, January of 2020 when I interviewed him. And then, you know, the, the, the COVID lockdown and the COVID coronavirus thing started happening. Um, and I kind of forgot about the interview and it kind of sat on my desktop for a long time. And over the course of the next month or so, Stone and I started talking about starting the Xander and Stone podcast. And the idea of the Xander Stone podcast, I kind of put to rest because it was, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to go about doing it by myself. Um, and then I think, you know, some, sometime moving, sometime in, in where that episode was released, I think one of us was either sick. I think I had gastric flu or something. Something came up and basically we weren't able to record. And I was like, oh, hang on. I've got this, this interview with, psych, with the psychic medium. I've got it on my desktop somewhere. Let me listen to it and see if it's good enough and if I can put it onto the podcast. And lo and behold, yes, it did. It, it saved. Um, and I just quickly edited it together and put the new, you know, put our, our intro onto it and put our, you know, uh, theme music onto it. And incorporated it as part of this podcast, as part of the, as part of this show, uh, the Xander and Stone podcast. Um, and then what we decided from there is that we can balance it out. So I didn't want it, we didn't want it to seem like I was kind of doing all the interviews and, and kind of going at it alone. So Stone and I discussed it, and we said, okay, you know, if you find a great guest that you can do an interview with, go ahead and do the interview with them because there's nothing wrong with kind of highlighting you as the the host for this the that episode. Um, and then Stone got in touch with uh, somebody that she's known for a while called Shiro Nobunaga. Um, and I'll hand over to Stone to talk to you about that. So I had had a reading with Shiro three years ago, and it was phenomenal. And he was very well versed in um, other alien worlds and, and a lot of really spiritual uh, topics. And so I asked him if he would be on the show, and he said, sure. And so that was my branch out by myself interview with Shiro. And I'm just going to add as well that um, I had a chance to speak with him, with, with uh, Shiro um, for my birthday, because Stone bought me a, a reading with Shiro for my birthday. And he has hands down one of the most amazing humans to interact with on like a spiritual intuitive counseling kind of a level. Um, so if any of your listeners ever want to pick an episode to listen to, go and listen to the Shiro Nobunaga interview because he is one of the most insightful people I've ever heard speak before. It is mind-blowing. And he's also so calm. There's something yeah. I'm so calming and soothing Very about useful. talking to him. Yes. I, don't, yes. I don't know what it is. It's magic. Yeah. It is magic. He's magic. He is yes. magic. Yes. Yeah. So did you have actual set questions before meeting him, or were those questions and that discussion just free form as well? I sent him the questions the night before. So, uh, and then, and then threw a, a couple of extra ones in as we were going, but I, I think it's, it's like any, um, any quote unquote scripted. I mean, you're, you're going off book part of the time, depending on how the conversation goes. So even if you have the, 
the skeleton to it, it still is very organic the way the yeah. conversation flows. Yeah. And I think also when you're interviewing with, with folks, I think a lot of the, a lot of what you're doing when you're sending them the questions ahead of time is just helping them to be calm in the, in the interview. You don't want them to feel uneasy. Um, I think it's one of those things that you, you and I, I know that I'm still working on it as an interviewer, is helping your guests to feel as calm as possible and as relaxed as possible so that they can open up. Um, you know, not everybody's used to doing podcasts. Not everybody's used to speaking into a microphone. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I've since uh, interviewed a guy by the name of Brandon Stafford who has like a, his own YouTube channel and things like that where he does tarot card reading. So he's very used to that type of an interaction. But the interview that I did with the, the psychic medium with Michael Gorley, um, he was very insecure like at the beginning of the interview. Um, and I, I just said, you know, I kind of stopped the recording and we just kind of chatted for a little while. Um, and then I secretly kind of hit the recording button again. So like once I could see that he was kind of feeling a little bit more at ease. Um, and what I learned from that experience was that it helps to send your questions ahead of time because it gives them like at least some time to prepare and you know, they, they don't feel quite so on the spot when they're being interviewed. Um, but I will add that you do occasionally get the guest and you will not find this episode on our feed anymore because I removed it. Um, but you will occasionally get a guest who you've sent the interview questions to ahead of time, a good few days ahead of time. And their response to that was, don't worry, I'm not going to read them. I think I'll just spitball it. And that should be a red flag about any guest that's coming onto your show is that they're not going to read the interview questions first. Um, and I did an interview. I'm not going to mention any names. I did an interview with someone. Um, and they were very much unprepared for the interview and had a very difficult time answering what I thought was some pretty easy tame questions. Um, so much so that life. unprepared for life. Um, but, <laughs> what, what, but what I felt, you know, the, I eventually removed the episode because I recognized, and thankfully the person I interview recognized as well, that the interview didn't shine a very positive light on them because it seemed like they didn't know what they were talking about in their field of quote unquote expertise. Um, so, you, you know, I think, like I said, part of sending the, the questions to the person, to the interviewee is to allow them to feel comfortable and at ease during the interview and, and know what to expect and know what's coming. Um, but also if they're not very um, comfortable doing public speaking or they haven't done a lot of recordings and podcasts or you know, something like that, you know, that they, they at least have something prepared for the questions that you're going to ask. Yeah. In some ways, it's like it's like a uh, security blanket for them almost, where they've got yeah. that bit of comfort. And yeah, yeah. I, I sort of know where this is going. And that, like you said, they're prepared for it before it before it happens. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I, sorry, Stone, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think I'm going to start adding illustrations to mine. <laughs> now, now, that, now that we've had pictures on the questions for this podcast, yeah. that was brilliant. <laughs> for everybody listening, I sent out, I don't do actual questions. I just do like bullet points, points to hit. but yeah. And then I send them out to the people that I'm talking to and I doodle at the same time. So I'll put little pictures that are sort of about those shows, essentially. So I did a really, you know, professional job of, uh, it's beautiful. of, a, of a portrait of, uh, of Xander and Stone. Which I love it. I think it's fantastic. It, it's like a Van Gogh. If Van it Gogh really was, is. if he was about two years old. 
<laughs> if I if I had a mantle, this would be hanging over it. <laughs> well, one, one day when we're famous, that's going right onto eBay for sale. Like we're going to auction that Absolutely. off. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just going to add as well that I think one of the risks of there, there there might be a risk to sending interview questions out to some of your guests as well because they sometimes can sound a little too rehearsed when they're answering the questions, um, and you you want that kind of natural feel of conversation. Um, so what I do when I do send the interview questions out is I tell folks to read through them to kind of wrap their head around them, but don't feel the need to go and like write out your answers or read your answers um, because it, it could come across as um, very kind of cold and stagnant and rehearsed. Um, so just kind of get an idea, prepare yourself mentally for the questions we're, we're, we're going to chat about, but there's nothing that you need to do in advance of the, of the interview. Um, you don't need to like write these answers down or anything like that. Another difficult one is when they give you a time limit to do it within as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll give you a time limit. So so then they will rigidly stick to that list that you've you've sent yeah. them because they've only yeah. got like that half an hour or or 45 minutes and you've got to <laughs> and you, get to that gap. You're, you're asking an, an unscripted <laughs> question and there's kind of just stunned silence on the other side or like, I'm sorry, but that wasn't on the list and I, I can't answer that question. <laughs> I've had to edit that out before. And really? Has that happened, Mark? That has actually happened. Where, <gasps> I was kidding. Oh my goodness, I, really? I went off on a tangent and they said, and they were just silent. And I'm, it was like this long period of silence. And I had to like, I'm not going to say which episode it was, obviously, but there was this long silence. And I thought, next question. <laughs> next question, just move on. <laughs> like, just I'm not prepared. I'm not answering that. <laughs> I would have I would have probably come back with like this long silence is really chewing into our interview time. Could you just get to the answer, please? <laughs> yes, <laughs> pregnant and pauses are chewing into my time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I need to get some. So, um, the show music. Then, how did you find the show music? Um, um, I went and found that on a website called MelodyLoops.com, um, and you kind of go and tell them kind of the genre that you're looking for, or the feel that you're looking for, and it gives you a whole bunch of selections that you can make either by genre, like rock or, you know, blues or whatever it might be. Um, genre, you can tag it for the length of time you want the the, the, the clip to be. Um, you can tag it for the emotion that you want it to invoke. So happy, sad, you know, that excitable, those sorts of things. And then it offers you a bunch, a selection of different songs. Um, and it was like, I'd basically gone through just a list of hundreds and hundreds of different little sound clips and selected, I think it was about five that I selected in the end. Yeah. Um, and then I, I played them, you know, I shared them with Stone and we were like, which ones do we like? And we both settled on this one. Like we were like, when we heard this one, we we're like, that's definitely the one that we want. Um, in fact, we just spoke about this today, didn't we, Stone? We did. About, we our, did. Theme, about our theme music. Yeah. What was it you were saying about it? Oh, um, well, Shit's Creek, S-C-H-I-T-T-S, <laughs> is a is a very popular show here. And it seems, it seems like it's, it's made it globally. Um, yeah. But... One of one of the things I loved about it is that Storia had that that same sense. But I think when you're listening to it, and we were both agreeing that you get that visual of uh, ghosts in their big ballroom gowns, sort of dancing to it. Yes, it has that sort of that sort of feel to it. And it's it's ballad ballad of um, lost chances, right? Is that the yes, name? Yes, that's of the name? yeah, ballad of lost chances. Yeah, and it I kind of I thought that summed summed up a lot of my life. <laughs> but i think it also kind of invokes a kind of adam's family grand ball type of it's got that sort of gothic kind of weirdness to it it's it's um, a little tim burton Burton. it's got a bit of a tim there we go it's got a bit of a tim burton vibe to it yeah yeah 
expect um, uh, Jack Skellington to uh, to be down. Yes, there. any second yeah. he'll pop out. Yes. So you went for that. You went for that rather than contacting Mark Snow and asking him if he could use an alternative to the X Files. <laughs> files. Well, funny story. Um, we the we did have another song that sounded or another another track that was very X Filesy. Um, like very kind of modern techno type of music and, and had kind of an, we, we actually, it's weird that you should ask this, Mark, because we had this conversation, uh, Stone and I, just today. Um, and we decided that that one did have a bit more of an X-Filesy type of feel. And considering the, the, the different subject matter that we were going to be covering, it wasn't just going to be like UFO content, content, content um, but we would be covering, you know, like paranormal and cryptids and folk and all these different, you know, big paranormal umbrella type of topics. Um, we wanted something that kind of embraced all of those, like you know, subjects under one kind of track. Um, no regrets. We've 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 toyed, and I've asked before, like, do you think maybe we should change the theme music? Should we get something shorter? Um, but I think we we both just like it. And I know from my perspective now, like when I hear it, like I I identify our podcast by that that theme tune. Like that is our theme yes. tune. I always say no. It's ours. I'm very protective yeah, of this song. Kind of, yeah, you are. No. You are, and you should be. No. You should rein me in. Keep reining me in. You must. <laughs> We're not just changing it for change's sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit like if they took away the uh, that bass guitar from uh, from from the transitions in Seinfeld. I knew you were going to say yes. Seinfeld. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's well, part of your brand once you, once you have those those colors locked mm. in and the artwork locked in and the music locked in you kind of want to stick with it. Consistency. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Sesame Street has got the Sesame Street theme. The 80s yeah. has got that. That's consistent all the way through. You can't change yeah. it. Yeah. True. So what moments in your show's history so far would you say really stand out? Oh, goodness. Big question. I, ha I have an answer. I had researched my tail off on um, ball lightning. We're doing ball lightning and we start to record and then Xander and I get into a discussion about whether it's orbs or ball lightning and he wasn't, he, he didn't feel like it was a paranormal topic. And, and so <laughs> we went back and forth on this for a while and he had pressed record. And so that, and we had such banter and it was more us than we've ever been us. And so then we thought yeah. maybe we should uh, lighten up on our show format and be more, um, be more us. And so to me, that was my, that was my favorite episode just because we really had fun with it because most for a lot of it, I didn't know I was being recorded. So surprise recording, surprise episode. Um, I would actually, I would, I would have to totally agree with you about that. I was going to say something very similar. Um, I think what stands out in, in our show history is, for me, the most is the that we haven't been afraid to try different things and to identify what is working sure. for us and what sure. is and what is not working for us. And and but at least we can say that we've mm -hmm. tried it. Um, so mm -hmm. you'll hear like the, the sleep paralysis. Um, if I go back and listen to episode one, and I think it would be the same for any podcaster, um, you know, or it, even anybody who makes a TV series or puts any content out there, that the first one, when you go back and watch it after you've gained, you know, you've got a few more episodes under your belt. So you go back and you listen to your content or you watch your content, that you kind of almost cringe because you're like, oh God, did I really put that out thinking it was good? Um, but I go back to our first episode 
And there is so much like um, fresh energy and very high energy in that episode that it, it was something that I think, you know, our listeners really enjoyed from the first episode was this really, really like kind of um, unabashed energy that we had. Um, and we were kind of, you know, I'll say, I'll say that we were all over the place, but still kind of maintaining on topic, but, you know, going off on these little side tangents all the time. And then as we, or I, I wouldn't even say we, because I was going like to say some of us were, some of us were, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to um, rein you in. As we, moved into, <laughs> as we moved into later episodes, it started to get a little bit more serious uh, to the point of where. Um, we were almost taking the recording of the podcast uh, too seriously, and we'd started yeah. to lose the, the 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 element of fun in what we were doing. Um, and then, you know, it started to feel I, I wouldn't say it started to feel like taxing, um, but it started to feel like there was a it was a lot more about work and and a lot less about enjoying what we were doing. Um, and then we got to that that orb. I think that's where the the, the, the peak of that right. came. The, like the, that was the our breaking of, of point. Came was with that. <laughs> that was our breaking point. Yeah, with that that orb ball lightning episode. Um, and it was it was after that we were like, okay, well, look, we we started out with this very fun kind of all over the place type of an energy. We tried moving it into something very structured, and very serious, and journalistic type of approach to it and like really, really intensely researched and don't move off the script and stick to the script. And, and you know, and then we, we kind of lost that thing that made us us like that was, you know, that made us who we are when we're podcasting. Um, and then we got to that, that Palladian, uh, sorry, the, the orb, the orbs and ball lightning episode. And it just kind of broke. It snapped in that moment. And I think we realized that we enjoy doing the podcast more and we, uh, we, we, we kind of identify more with our brand as a podcast when we're having a bit more fun with the podcast and not taking it too seriously. Um, so I think, I think just that, the, that would be my, you know, like the, the looking back, that would be, I think that the biggest thing that I've learned from doing this podcast, but also the thing that I, that I kind of take away from it or the lesson that I've, you know, carried with me is that as, as long as we're still enjoying what we're doing, as long as we're still having fun, um, that we can, we'll, we'll just keep going and we'll keep producing content. Agreed. Well, only in that, uh, only in that sort of format would you have uh, instances like in that sleep paralysis ad, uh, episode where um, Stone admitted to uh, being grunty in her sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, I take notes. (laughs) I have so so many great stories for my Tinder profile, as Xander says, you know, just throwing them all on the Tinder profile. profile. All on the Tinder. I'm a a real catch (laughs) right now, just a real catch. <laughs> so, what other podcasts do you both listen to? Do you go, Xander. You first. <laughs> Shall I go? Out. Okay. So, um, it's a it's a it's a terribly long list, uh, Marv. So I don't really know where to start. But there's there's a few that I've been listening to. You know, I kind of cycle through the different ones. Um, I've got a very very long list on my playlist of podcasts that I listen to. Uh, one of my most regular podcasts that I listen to is the Jim Harold Paranormal Podcast. Um, he's like something of a like a, a podcast idol to me, or like a mentor type of thing. Um, so I listen to the Jim Harold Paranormal Podcast a lot. I listen to his Campfire Podcast a lot too. Um, another one that I used that was actually um, the the podcast itself is called The Strange Sessions. It's done by Kurt and Krista, who are in Wisconsin in the states. 
And they were like, they, they were who I loosely based or who I kind of loosely kept in mind the format of their podcast um, and how we kind of replicated what they're doing, but added our own kind of spin to what we do on the Xander and Stone podcast. Um, so they had a lot of influence on me doing, uh, you know, starting a podcast. Um, so the, the Strange Sessions, uh, the Jim Harold Paranormal podcast. And then there's another podcast called The Sideshow with Mel and Shana. And the same host, Mel, also does another one called Tangential Downpour. And just through getting to know the, the hosts through social media um, and listening to their show, I think it's made a lot of a huge big difference in how I listen to the show because I understand their humor from having spoken to them quite a lot. Um, so I really enjoy their podcast as well. And then the other one I like quite a lot is called the Mika Hanks Show, um, which used to be called the Graylian Report, but now he's changed it to Mika Hanks. Um, but that is that is really, really a very small selection of the ones that come to mind right now because there are many, many podcasts that I cycle through. It just depends on what I feel like listening to on the day. I, I can't believe you didn't say my favorite murder. I, you know, I do listen to it. I've not been up to date with my favorite murder recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not been up to date with them, but I do, I do still enjoy listening to them. It's just not where I am right now with true crime. I'm not into the true crime okay. podcasts at the moment. And mine are be again, keeping in mind the two the two full-time jobs I referenced earlier. <laughs> and and our long recordings take me several drives to, although we're short now <laughs> to get it through. So I listen to us quite a bit, but also um there's a, a podcast called Why You Should Li- Oh, just kidding. It's called Um Everything Is Alive. Mm-hmm. And it's where the, where they interview inanimate objects. And Conan O'Brien needs a friend, which is of course comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and then cool. the Tim Ferriss show, um, because I I actually had talked to him several years ago um, on on Twitter of all things, but he was just so nice and so engaging. So I ran across his podcast, and and he does more of a self development, businessy kind of interviews, mm-hmm. and really impressive. So I love the Tim Ferriss show. So that's not the Tim Ferriss that was the guitarist in an excess thing. If he is, I I, I was unaware. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an excess fan. So I shouldn't apologize for that. So uh, no, you shouldn't. The excess is great. In excess is great. Wonderful. They are. Yes. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to podcasters starting out for the first time? Stone, I'll let you take this one first. Um, I would say not to get discouraged, mm. and that consistency is key. Mm-hmm. Stay consistent. And that sometime, well, I think after a show, you often have that letdown that comedians and actors and any one of performance have, but don't let that sway you. We we now know the science behind it, that it's all chemical based. It's nothing to do with your show. And the final thing is that you won't always agree if you have a co-host and that's fine too. <laughs> I agree, agree. It's okay to have your little knock down drag outs because it, it makes the show better it is, it is. um so the, the, there's a little bit of backstory in in two of the things that stone just said um so the the first one about the like don't uh that that feeling of uh being feeling deflated after you've done a podcast or just recorded an episode um and i think you know i i know this from being an actor as well and having when you're when you're out on stage and you're feeding off your audience's kind of energy the minute the curtain goes down, you get what we call the post-production blues. Um, it happens either after you've been on stage and for the rest of the night, you're feeling a little bit like, you know, deflated and de-energized. 
Um, but it also happens once a production that's been running for a while comes to an end and you feel kind of like a bit of a lost soul because you don't know what to do with yourself. Um, and, you know, in the acting circle, we call that the post-production blues. Um, but uh, this was something that, you know, after we record and just before I, before I start editing, um, I'll often say things to Stone like, oh, I don't know if we were very good on that episode or we might have to do that again. I felt like I was very flat or I'll kind of have these, these like moments of doubt where I feel like the, the production that we've just done or the episode we've just recorded um, could have been better. And, and I noticed that it kept coming up. So what, one of the things that I started to do was after we record to give myself a day or two before I start editing, because, uh, you know, just to, just to kind of forget about the recording and the energy of the recording that we had just done so that when I do go to edit it, I'm kind of listening to it with fresh ears almost. Um, and I had said it so many times that stone actually eventually went, I don't know if you went and looked it up or if it was just something you already knew stone. Um, but there is actually a scientific explanation behind why actors feel that way when they walk off a stage or a comedian feels that way when they walk off stage or why podcasters might feel that way once they stop recording an episode. And it's got to do with your, your dopamine release. Isn't that right, Stone? Yeah. And oxytocin, it's a, mm. it's a, it's a chemical nightmare basically yeah. right after. Mm. It's uh, similar to uh, the try to do it as well in the music industry where you'll do the actual recording of the music and then you'll come back at a later date to mix it so you come into mm. fresh ears and you're listening yeah. to it differently in a way and you might notice things that you liked when you recorded it but then listening back to it in the studio at a later date you'll hear things like, oh, that's that's actually yeah. that's shit let yeah take that out and yeah it's it's a good idea i mean i do i do the same with the show for most most of the most mm. of the time. i will record this show and then i won't actually edit it until the later date because like you said you yeah. come to it with fresh ears yeah and it just it actually just reminded me um of uh, something that stephen king wrote about um in his book um on writing by stephen king and he when he his part part of his writing process uh, and part of the advice that he gives to writers and i think it would apply to podcasters as well is that never edit while you're writing um so it, right. it like really trips you up if you think like okay well let uh, that we we could we we could do that better we can do that again let's just do that one more time um, and also that when he, when he edits his books, um, he'll write his first draft, then he'll stick the first draft in a drawer. And he says that the magic number is six weeks. You have to wait six weeks before you go back and read your first draft and start editing it and refining it into a second draft. Um, and, you know, obviously I think six weeks is a bit long to wait to edit a podcast episode, but it, it is generally good advice. And it seems to be something that, uh, anybody who works in the creative like you know has works in the creative arts or in a creative discipline seems to suffer from this and i'm sure you know i'm sure if you've got somebody who paints portraits on like a, maybe they need to walk away from the portrait for a day or two and come back and look at it with fresh eyes um you know i i, I know it's true for let writers the paint I know it's true. Dry. let the paint dry damn it let the paint yeah, it's dry. a metaphor yeah <laughs> and then uh the other thing the other thing that you'd say there stone is about um as about you know sometimes co-hosts we might butt heads about something um, and I think that, again, it's something that is is true in any of the disciplines, whether you're a, an actor or a dancer. Whenever you've got two creative people working together, it's inevitable that you're you're going to maybe have opposing ideas or think things that think things should be done in a different way or want to approach things from a different angle. Um, and suddenly, you know, suddenly the emotions start getting a little bit heightened. Um, sometimes things get said that, you know, maybe shouldn't have been said in the moment. 
Um, and I think, you know, I, I know that it's happened. I, I've seen on, you know, Google and things like that, that, that it's happened with lots of very famous shows that have lost their co-host for whatever reason. And the show never really recovers from it. Um, so I think one of the things, you know, especially if somebody's starting out a podcast for the first time and they're starting it with a friend or they're starting it with a co-host is to remember that there are going to be moments where it's going to be difficult for either you to work with them or for them to work with you. Um, you know, I know for Stone, it can be very difficult to work with me sometimes. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> come on, come on. That's you're being, you're, true, you're being true. coy. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I think what's important though, is to remember that you're both doing it for the, for the, for the, the benefit of the show. So, you know, if Stone comes with one idea and I come with a different idea and those ideas maybe clash with each other, they, what you have to keep in mind is that you're both coming with ideas that are, that are there to benefit and to promote your show and, and to improve your show. So whatever it is that you're coming with, um, just keep in mind and, be, and bear that in mind that whatever it is, you're looking for it to improve what you're already doing, um, not, to, not to undermine what you're, what you're already doing. It's it's your baby, and you're just being good parents. Yes. So there we go. We're the best parents. We're the we best. are. We are good yeah. parents. <laughs> Sometimes mommy and daddies fight, but for <laughs> 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 the good of the podcast, baby, you got to keep going. <laughs> I, th I think it's more interesting when you have a show like that where you you know it it could be a bit boring if the people who are hosting it or in the show are always on the same page in mm -hmm. a way it's almost like because people listening to the show are coming from they're all different people so you sort of reflect that as the way that you are where you know a lot of the time you might both say yeah yeah and agree with each other at certain points and then you'll come in you'll bring something in where the other person hasn't thought of that option or you don't yeah. necessarily agree with it but that's yeah. what makes conversation in the real world True that, true. yeah, true, definitely. True. And in our first episode, we said no religion, no politics, <laughs> and then we proceeded. And and and, and, and uh, I th I think we had already said we'd keep it we keep it clean. And then ten minutes in, I was like, okay, this is a different show than I was anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> and then once once you're once you're in that deep with like you know uh, either insulting or talking about you know touchy <laughs> subjects. You, you, there's, Trump. there's no point in, there's no, there's no point in backing out. You've just got to completely immerse yourself in it. So, like, once you're in, you're in, um, and now you can't stop. Now you, got to, you just got to keep going. If you're going to insult one person, you're going to have to insult all of the people. That's um, good comedy a, right there. I've got a very long list of apology letters that I need to write to most of LA and most of Hollywood. Um, Steven, Steven Spielberg, right at the top of that list at the moment. I think we could probably do a three, three episode series on Xander, just, just reading his apologies, just the, 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 the apology <laughs> tour with Xander. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I think that, sorry, Mark, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it made me laugh when, uh, during one of the shows I listened to Xander said something about, um, will, uh, We'll forget all of the uh, something to do with the Catholic Church or something. I can't remember which one it was, <laughs> but uh, one of the episodes he said, he said, "Oh, we'll we'll skip the whole Catholic Church and uh, and and the sex thing and everything or whatever it was." And you, you <laughs> just you just went ca just carried on and you left that there, and that bit made me laugh because it's like 
you are sort of saying something about it. You are saying, <laughs> yeah. I won't say about it. But you haven't. Sometimes not saying anything is saying everything, right? Sometimes <laughs> silence speaks a lot louder than words. <laughs> Sander thinks he's subtle. <laughs> nuanced. I'm nuanced and subtle. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm actually. I it, I'm glad that we didn't go with the uh, the puritanical uh, version that I thought we were doing at the beginning, because it really is. There's a freedom to it, and and a lot, I think a lot of the energy is is because there's a freedom to it. So I, I'm glad that Xander just went for it. Just went for it. <laughs> It worked. It worked. It that somebody said once, no comment is a comment in itself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think also one of the other pieces of advice I would give to a new podcaster as well, and this one is unfortunately learned the hard way. And, and again, I accept full responsibility for this. Um, you know, you read it, and I should have paid attention to what the internet says. Um, when you're launching a new podcast, one of the biggest pieces of advice and consistent pieces of advice that they seem to give you is to make sure that you've got three or four episodes ready for your launch day. Um, and I'm, I get terribly excited about things that I'm doing and I get kind of carried away. And so we'd recorded one episode and I think, you know, before, before Stone had even kind of hit like, you know, end call on, on the recording of the episode, I had already kind of, I had already uploaded it. I was so raring to go. Um, so immediately after recording, I just edited and uploaded and what you end up with is constantly chasing your, basically under constant time constraint, because you're recording, editing, releasing, recording, editing, releasing, recording, editing, releasing. And if you, you know, if you're sick or if somebody can't make it one week, you're basically left without an episode. Um, so you, what you really want to do is you really want to be ahead of the episodes that you're releasing. You want to have a few recordings in the bag, release, say, let's say three and have another three that are waiting to be released at later dates, because otherwise you are playing a constant game of catch up and you're constantly racing the clock on recording and editing. So, so what, what really happened is, <laughs> the truth of the matter. <laughs> is, is, is I went to sleep with Xander saying, we'll have four before we launch. And when I woke up, there was a series of stream of consciousness sort of text messages that said, I really, I really just want to publish it. I'm thinking about publishing. Okay, it's too late. I've already done it. Yeah, I, it. <laughs> I was like, I was like yeah. because of our time zones, I wasn't even awake. There's and I like woke up to do. this whole his thought process, and he's like, "It's done." It's done. There's nothing you can do about it's it now. Done. Um, but I, I must say that like it is, it is the the biggest oh, mistake I think that I made in releasing the podcast, and it's one of the things that I do regret is not listening to that advice. And having three or four episodes in the bag for release because you do end up really working against the clock when it comes to things like editing and and being able to release episodes on time. Um, so new podcasters, pay attention to that little nugget of wisdom <laughs> that every single website about podcasting tells you. This There's is our third why. episode today. In fact, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is. We we uh, we recorded two episodes and now we're on this yeah. one. So and that's that is the exact reason we're try we're trying to bank yeah. them again. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, Sorry, what was that, Mark? We're stockpiling episodes. We're stockpiling, yeah, stockpiling, saving them for a rainy day. And I'm very fortunate to work with Xander in that he is all the hard work that he described is is the part that he does. So I have I have the easy part of the gig. So it it's much more difficult to uh, stockpile when you have all the editing that Xander has to do on his own. 
I would I would say that like I've got the the manual labor hard part of it, and I think your most challenging part of the podcast, um, outside of you know showing up and and being awesome and amazing and charismatic, Aww, is is putting is putting up with me. Um, <laughs> <me> in. <laughs> no one can rein you in that no one but lie. you do try bless you do try <laughs> i do i do i do try <laughs> it's like american prude <laughs> well england was the land of the prude <laughs> oh no 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 we we, we had the puritans <laughs> very what's, restrictive what's the old saying no sex please we're british so where can people find out more about yourselves in the show well of course we're on every single uh podcatching app that's out there so we're on apple and spotify and podchaser and pretty much anywhere that people listen to their podcasts even on some that you might never even have heard of um i get a kind of bee in my bonnet sometimes and i go on google and i look for like different podcasting platforms So we're on a few in some unusual places, um, some with names that I I just don't know how to pronounce, but you can find us there as well. So regardless of what country you're in, go and look on your local podcast app. You can probably find the Xander and Stone podcast. Um, But of course, you can also go to our website, which is www.xspodcast.com. And that's where you'll find all the latest updates on our episodes. You'll find information about our guests. Um, You'll find even information about the hosts. Great. Anyway, thank you both of you for talking to me today. Thank you for having thank us you. on the show. Thank yeah, you. thank you for having us on. It was very nice to meet you today. It was great. You too. I've enjoyed this a lot. And thank you to everybody for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Now, Stone, I know that you have had experiences of shadow people. So if you're okay with telling the listeners about that, um, (laughs) would you mind going ahead and sharing some of your shadow people experiences? Well, now I think it's just 5G. So they're probably testing 5G in it. Maybe maybe the government's following you around because the government has got the secret um, like uh, sound wave weapons as well. So maybe you're being targeted by the government. I I think so. They're like, how can we mess with her this week? It's the Scientologist. It's the Scientologist. Nobody believe her if she has too many different stories. (laughs) You know, this is the most logical. I had never thought of that. This is the most logical explanation. If she has too many experiences in too many different genres, then I'm discredited, right? So it's genius on their part. There we go. So um, my son was eight or nine, I think nine. Not that it matters, but it it gives you a timeline. So uh, I I was seeing this little mouse run across the house. And I was so convinced about this mouse and I, I would move furniture. I was trying to find where this mouse was because I kept seeing it scurrying across and my boyfriend didn't believe me. So I put out two pieces of cheese and waited because I thought surely it'll take a bite and then I'll have evidence that there's a mouse <laughs> in this house. 
And it just sounds like a bad children's book at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after two days, uh, I noticed there were like little beads of condensation. I had cheese sweat. On my, and he, he, he and I agreed that it was probably time to move the cheese. That at this point, either it was a very full mouse or the mouse didn't exist. And so I had been talking to this uh, shaman who was Native American. And I told him about the experience. And he said, oh, he said, when you start seeing shadows, the other side's opening up to you. And often they do it in very small ways. And then as you start to accept it, the shadows get larger. And I kind of dismissed it. I thought it was, you know, it's a nice story, but sure. And so then the next apartment that my son and I moved to, I kept seeing what appeared to be a cat. So okay. I had a mouse and a cat. This is so not at all a cliche on their part. <laughs> Shadow people are very I, cliche from a cat, from a mouse to a cat. It's, it sounds like what's that nursery rhyme? There was an old woman who swallowed a fly and then exactly. she sends in something bigger and something bigger. My God, that nursery rhyme is about shadow people. That's what's happening. I have no idea. Yeah, that's what that's that, about. That one never made sense to me until now. It's all mm. coming together. If only, you know, the shadow cat was in the same house as the shadow mouse, but they didn't line up. So it was two different locations. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day I was talking to my son and uh, I moved my head. I darted my head real quick. And he said, oh, did you see the cat? And I said, yeah, I saw the cat. Did you see the cat? Like I was just, <laughs> so it was so nice to have validation of the shadow. Cause I hadn't obviously hadn't told him. And then we moved in, uh, to the next house. And in the next house we saw, um, I saw people going up and down the stairs and because it was a fairly new relationship, I didn't want to bring it to his attention. <laughs> I was thinking, these are always difficult things to bring up. And, and I, actually, I don't tell most people until now. Now everyone's going to know. But uh, this is giving me a flashback also to our sleep paralysis episode where it was something that you don't bring up on a first date <laughs> or put on your Tinder profile. Can you imagine what that has sleep paralysis, likes to grunt at night, see shadow people, swipe left, swipe yes, left. Yes, right. Has <laughs> alien experiences, used to live in a haunted house. Sure. Yes. I, I'm going to be a big hit on all dating sites if I, if I go, if I go full vulnerable. Um, so I kept seeing, and I, I was seeing one specific one who had a hat on. Mm. And I know when we discussed that earlier, you said that that was a common one. And yeah. it's interesting because these things happen to me. And then I guess I just started accepting it. And I really should research it more because after you said that, I, I feel like I did at the time and maybe because there's more stories now, I just hadn't revisited it because now it's that, that hat, you know, hat varying man. hats is everywhere. So yeah. I don't know how I, how I'd missed that. But anyway, we, I finally went to Sean and I said, have you, I said, I keep seeing something walking up and down the stairs and after a few drinks and I felt more like I could share. <laughs> and he said, me too. And then we both agreed about the hat and that even to the height and that he was sort of lanky and that it wasn't a bad energy. It wasn't something that either of us were concerned about. And we started, we nicknamed him the caretaker because we said, oh, he's just taking care of the family, not a big deal. And so we went about our business, but then later it was sort of like a portal was opened and all kinds of different shadow activities started happening at the house. And we felt like it was uncomfortable. Like it was not great energy. The other one's not the caretaker. Mm. And uh, interestingly enough, one by one, the kids that ranged from ages eight to 17, uh, they started coming to us about seeing these shadows and they wouldn't talk to each other about it. So we had to just go along and, and be like, oh, it's everything's fine. Everything's OK. 
because we didn't want them freaking out. And at one point we did, a, a, we saged the entire house. We went through the inside and outside with the family and we said, we're just blessing our new home because we're all living together and tried to make it about that, not about the shadow people. Um, and so we had a couple of nights where no kids were knocking on our door. But then after that, you know, of course it came back. And so we moved. And when we moved into the new house, um, his daughter, who was eight and didn't really have the words, I guess, to put it, put it into words, but she said, I really like this new house. There's not so much. And she used our hands to make sort of a, a really frenzied hand motion. And she said, it's just, and she put her hands out like calm, like mm. safe on a baseball, like calm. And, uh, and we knew exactly what she was talking about. The whole energy had shifted there. Okay. All right. I'm just waiting. I've sent uh, the link to Stone. She is definitely up and about. Um, okay. So she's, she's logging in now. Okay. How are you, sir? How's your day been? It's It's been okay. How 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 was all of your day? Because you're now um, close to yeah. bedtime, aren't you, really? I'm speaking to you from the future, yeah. Um, no, it was a good day. It was a productive day. Got a lot done. Recorded two episodes uh worked on a trailer for my new podcast that, that, that i'll be doing uh you know general general podcasty type of stuff yes yeah yes it's amazing how long it takes to do oh my goodness you know it is it has become a full-time job yeah it has especially the editing it's so uh, I, yeah. yeah i i was having just this com the, exactly this conversation a couple of hours ago with a friend of mine in new zealand um, and saying that it might actually be high time to consider outsourcing my the editing process because it is so time consuming. Yeah, because how many people contact you on uh, Instagram and all these things, and they'll say, "If you want just to edit your show for you, we'll do it for you." Yeah, right. I've tried one of them before. Um, in fact, I don't think it was through Instagram. I think it was through one of those freelancing websites like Fiverr or Freelancer dot com or something. And um, it was uh, an editor somewhere, also somewhere in Asia. And his English seemed pretty decent. So I was like, you know, okay, at least he'll understand what he's editing. Um, and I gave it to him. And his turnaround on the edit was, I'm talking within the hour. I was like, that is just far too quick. And then when I went and listened back to the episode that he said that he had edited, um, I ended up editing his edit. So I was like, you know, maybe a little <laughs> once, but one, once bitten, twice shy. Um, so I'm a bit reluctant with these, these guys that contact you on, on social media, especially for things like editing or the, the podcast promoters, you must get a lot of those too, right? Yes. I get a lot of those as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, that will promote your podcast and get organic listens for you on all the different platforms. Um, and I've seen, I've seen in some other podcasters like review sections where you can actually see that they've paid a promoter because they've got like a massive, massive influx of reviews like five star reviews all on the same day about 20 of them happen on the same day and then there's huge gaps in between on like you know on either side of it and they're generally very broken english or just what i call keyboard smashing where it's just like a random selection like letter soup um with a five star review yeah. so I, I i don't put too much stock or faith in uh, the podcast promoters yeah yeah like like re reviews that might say oh why you i I did this recipe of blah, 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 and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you think to yourself, yeah. yeah, but the show's all about about Marvel films. What's that got to do with your recipe? <laughs> What's it it's got to random, do with you? Just random crap <laughs> that people type. What's your grandma's 
butter cookie recipe got to do with anything? Um, yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen what like, and also you, I know some, I know some folks don't really go into like very in depth when they do leave reviews for people. Um, I, I know from like just from my side when I review a podcast, I try and be as sincere as possible about it. So I actually do go and listen to episodes before I leave the review. Um, but they're they're generally like really three word sentences like is great podcast or I like to listen or something like that. Oh, I, I thought Stone's first name was Stone for some reason because of it. No, it's Stone, Jenna. Realized? No, it's Jenna Stone. So do I call? Hello. So do I call the you uncle. Jenna? Oh, crikey! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you the proper English. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh dear me! How is it in the past? <laughs> uh, I I will let you know when I wake up. I think I have about <laughs> 12 and a half minutes before that really happens. <laughs> did you tell him? Did you tell him we recorded last night? All the way up until this morning? <laughs> well, I was having I was having the conversation about me recording today. So for you it was uh, last night. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere out there it, it, it'll be it'll 2 be tomorrow. 2 a.m. Yeah, it's tomorrow it's tomorrow for someone somewhere. Uh, but I like I like that we're representing like all three time zones across the world right now, morning, noon, and night. I think that's great. We've got breakfast, lunch, and supper, morning, <laughs> noon, and night. I could I could call a friend in, in Australia and then we're, we're all the way then, aren't we? Really? Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I can get my friend in, in New Zealand on. Um he's a good five hours ahead of us. Yes. He, yes he's already in tomorrow. It is tomorrow over there. Hmm. Yeah. It is. Or Fiji. We need to find Fiji. Fiji's always the first one on the New Year's, like the New Year's Eve countdown. Fiji's always the first place that New Year's happens. So we need to find a podcast in Fiji. Is it that? Is it, isn't the, didn't, isn't the, where Eastern and Western Samoa are almost 24 hours between each other or something? Are they really? I didn't know that. I think, I think I remember that as a fact. So one side of it is in one time zone and one's oh. in another, but because of the way that the word, and it's around Australasia there where it, where it changes, isn't it? Where it go? Where it? Mm. Where the the line is? Mm. So I think one of them is the day before, a whole twenty four hours before. If you go over this line, you'll be in tomorrow. That's crazy. Hours later, yeah. That's crazy. Where I read that, but uh, there's. I mean, I know that with the size of of like how big China is, that there really should be more than one time zone in China, um, but there aren't because you know, hashtag communism. Um, so there's one like <laughs> uniform time across the entire country, but it is actually big enough to warrant having multiple time zones. They just decided not to just to make, but honestly, it makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, it must, you, must be terrible in some com countries like, um, I mean, America, you've got four time zones, is it in America? Yes. Yes. Well, we have, Yes. Yes. <laughs> my my time zone says yes. <laughs> well, my time zone my time zone is uh Arizona is the only one that doesn't change times. So it's it's MST so that's our little pretend fourth one but we don't we don't change the, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Oh, wait, you mean no, like you don't do you don't do daylight saving time? You yes, don't do that there like, it is. Oh, Thank you, Xander, for the words. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. I'm here. I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> we know you're having your breakfast right now. <laughs> I'm I'm just prying one eye open at a time. 
making it happen. <laughs> I know. I know that there there is. Um, I don't know where in. I actually thought it was in Arizona, uh, but it might be in Nevada. Um, but I know it's one of the drier states. I think it is anyway. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, you know, dusty, dusty and dry. Um, but where, where they've got um, where there's a bridge that runs over a canyon, and halfway across the bridge, you actually cross. You, you cross into a different time zone. So no matter how long it takes you to drive over the bridge. It always takes you an hour because you cross a time zone into a different, like an hour behind when you cross over the bridge. Mm, that's Bring probably Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, it sounds like Nevada. Nevada. Sounds I like feel the like that's part of Fools, Fool's Russian kind of okay. thing happening there. Oh, did, did you see that movie, that good romance, th that good rom-com? I know you're a big rom-com guy. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she throws the coin film so. review. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite rom com. And today we'll be talking about French Kiss starring Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh Xander's favorite sports movie, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a backstory there, Marv. Um we, talking, we somehow got into the topics of talking about movies today when we were doing uh, an episode on cryptid creatures like the Kraken. Okay. And uh, it turns out there's a movie called The Clash of the Titans. And I was like, it sounds like a football movie. It's not really up my alley. <laughs> turns out it really isn't. Um, I'm, I'm not really one known for my sport, my sporty uh, attitude. <laughs> Made the mistake of asking about that last night. <laughs> <laughs> I've made the mistake of only listening to two episodes. So, <gasps> which two? Which two? I'm trying to listen to them all so that eventually I'm up to date, and I'll just keep watching. So I've listened to all they're saying that I skipped one. So I listened to the first episode. What is it about? Per sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Uh, yeah. Right? And uh, then I went to the uh, the one about the very interestingly named uh, Johannes uh, Kuntius. Yes, Mr. Johannes Kuntius, the real vampire of pitch. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and I've got all my notes in front of me for those shows. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's been such a long time now that, uh, and, and in fact, it hasn't been so long, but we've done so many topics in between. That they all, in fact, it's one of the things that I think Stone and I, we, we kind of sometimes struggle with when we're recording is we can't remember whether an episode that we've released, if we, if we can reference that in a recording that we're doing today, or if that episode that we mentioned, that thing is only going to be released at a later episode. And it starts to get very blurry where they're like, I don't know if what I'm saying right now is completely out of context. Like <laughs> gets, it gets very, very blurry sometimes. Yeah. That just, just happened. In fact, just happened. Just happened. Just, it, happening right now yeah. it's, a <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's happening right now I've, I've got an episode coming out on monday that was recorded at the end of november okay yeah so yeah put, put in the curtain open for you to see now yes you, you lose track yeah yeah uh, marv if you don't mind me asking where in the uk are you from i'm from nottinghamshire so. okay and is that is that anywhere close to darlington you know, you're going to make me look for Darlington now. <laughs> <laughs> Darlington, I know, is close to Yorkshire. So, where is Darlington? My mum's from Darlington. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Have a look. Darlington to Newark. You know, I might even add this in the post-credit sequence so that people can listen to what people talk about. It's 
two hours and five minutes away. 120 miles. Okay. Oh, 120 miles. That's just a, it's a little walk. That's a, a little. jump. You know, it's funny thinking that because both countries that you're in, the America, the US and China, I mean, they, um, you know, in this country, you'll say, oh, I've got so far to travel. I've got to travel from here to there. It's going to take this long. And then you think, yeah, but in, in the US or China, you get people that travel for like, oh, I'm going to go and see my mum. It's only a thousand miles from this state to that state <laughs> or from this, re- from this region. Oh, I'm going from the Mandarin to whatever of china and it's, it's only this short period <laughs> my 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 family live my dad lives 2600 miles away wow yeah wow. it's a little bit of a hike miles so, i can never figure out miles how many football fields oh, is that oh, how many how many the, mcdonald's buckets is it I, I you know they featured it in clash of the titans i'm sure you can <laughs> research it there um, laid all the measurements out there <laughs> hey, I was correct. I, I gave it a goog, and it's the Hoover mm. Dam is where the time changes, and that is where she throws the coin over. Uh, all of my geography is learned through rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> Go team, Hoover Dam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so China, Nevada. I was going to say, in China, um, I mean, when you talk about something being two hours away, the, the size of the city that I live in, and it's still considered to be a medium-sized city on Chinese terms, <laughs> It takes more than two hours to travel across the city that I'm in. It is just an, it's an absolute expanse. Um, so two hours for me is like, you know, getting to the other side of the city to that lovely place that sells those great, you know, whatever duck or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, distance is relative. Yes. My brother, when he was working in Yokohama in uh, Japan, he was telling me how long it, it takes to travel from one side to another. And, mm. uh, he tells me wonderful stories of going from one end of Japan to the other using the uh, Shinkansen uh, uh, trains. Yeah, as well. Well, we we've got the the mag rail now. We've got the speed train, so you can get all over China on the bullet train very a lot faster. Um, you can go from the north of China in Beijing, which is the city right next to where I am, all the way down to Hong Kong, and I think you can do that in the bullet train now in about five hours, um, which is about the same as it would take you to fly. And they're developing, uh, or they have developed, and I'm not sure whether they've started running it yet, but there's, I don't, and again, I think it might just be an urban myth because I can't, I can't even by physics wrap my head around how this would work. Um, but it's a bullet train that goes from Beijing to Shanghai. Uh, Beijing to Shanghai by air would take you about, what is it, what is it, Stone, about two, three hours to fly there? Yes. Yeah, Accurate. it takes about two, three, two, three hours to fly there. <laughs> um, there's a bullet train now that gets you there in 30 minutes. It's something like 1,800 kilometers or something like that, and it gets you there in 13 minutes. That is, I don't know if we should be messing around with that type of physics. Like, that's going to open wormholes and shit. Like, that, that's <laughs> only if the helium balloons don't get tangled uh, up, though. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. As long as the parachute opens when you're trying to stop, then you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm always a bit. I'm a little. I'm always a little bit wary about these big things that we try to accomplish as humans because you all you have to do is look at like the Hindenburg blimp, the biggest blimp, and that went and damn exploded, didn't it, and killed everybody. The biggest yeah. ship, the Titanic, that sank, and now we're coming up with the fastest train that travels 1,800 kilometers in half an hour. Not a good idea, guys. Not a good idea. <laughs> if, the if Tower of Babel that, that couldn't cause any problems at all, could it? No. I mean, <laughs> you know, if they just suddenly break, everybody's going to be like pancake batter on the front wall of a train. Like, it's just it's not going to be good. At Edinburgh to London in about thirty seconds on that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy fast. 
But again, like it's when I when I read about it on the news, and you know, there's always a lot of fake media going around on social media these days. Um, <laughs> when I read about it, I was just like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, 30 minutes seems a little too fast. Like, that's defined. That's like faster than the speed of sound. That's like that's crazy. Okay. I say that with no scientific basis or any knowledge about how fast the speed of sound is. <laughs> Your conversation life. would still be taking place when you arrived. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't even finish your sentence. You wouldn't even finish your sentence. <laughs> and and, and that when the sound finally caught up to you, you'd be like, oh, that was the punchline. Got it. Imagine you, you've stepped off the, the train in Shanghai and you just hear the announcement in Beijing that the train is now leaving for Shanghai. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag science. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should apologise to uh, to Je to Jenna for the uh, the picture that I've got of her on my uh, notes. Perhaps. What do you I, think? I that? love that picture. We I was going to hang it on my refrigerator. We were going to make it our album art for our podcast. We were like, "That's the one." We searched for album art. We tried for a very long time. We're like, "Where was Marv when we needed him?" <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I was going to tell you that I'm a big fan of your art. Big fan. I don't know why I do that with all of my notes. I'll put like little pictures and things. There's this film ones where I've got like a, um, there's one where I've done where it's like a, the front of a cinema. And I can hear myself here. I, I'm hearing an echo from me as well. I can hear both of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Sanders, absolutely perfect. Is the, is the set. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so I put, I put all these little like pictures and things. So um, anyway, I think we ought to uh, start the show officially now. Probably, probably that's okay. I was enjoying the general chat. Huh? <laughs> it's pretty much how most of our episodes go. Hmm. We'll get into that. So, okay, how was that? And cut. Awesome. Thank you, Marv. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you. That was. I don't know if you know about the structure that I use, because I do have a sort of structure-ish, uh, where I record the entire conversation from the from the beginning of the call all the way through to the end. Mm -hmm. And then post-credit music, we have... I, there are bit, bits that I take out of the pre- and post-show chat that I think might <laughs> oh, be good. Quite interesting and... <laughs> And fun. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> I should have warned you of that before. <laughs> now I'm trying. Now I'm trying to remember what I even said. But I'm I was still waking my brain. up. I'm like, oh Jesus, Sander, what did you say? <laughs> well, people will definitely understand time zones after that. <laughs> there will be no confusion. <laughs> anyway, thank you both so much. That was that was lovely. It's really nice. Loads of fun. Really thank you, Marv. Lots of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You two Ciao, both bye -bye. take care and uh, yes, sir. Stone, go and get yourself a nice cup of coffee and some breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Will do. Thank okay. you. Take care. Have a good one. Thank mm, you. Bye. Bye. bye.